Welcome to Sermons from St. Paul's Lutheran Church of Minot, North Dakota. St. Paul's is anchored in the message of Christ crucified for the forgiveness of sins, for the church and for the world. The following sermon is from Rev. Dr. Matthew Richard. The first reading for the Feast of All Saints is from Revelation to St. John, chapter 7. After this, I looked, and behold, a great multitude that no one could number from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes, with palm branches in their hands, and crying out with a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. And all the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures. And they fell on their faces before the throne and worshiped God, saying, Amen, blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. Amen. Then one of the elders addressed me, saying, Who are these clothed in white robes, and from where have they come? I said to him, Sir, you know. And he said to me, These are the ones coming out of the great tribulation. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore they are before the throne of God and serve him day and night in this temple, in his temple, And he who sits on the throne will shelter them with his presence. They shall hunger no more, neither thirst any more. The sun shall not strike them, nor any scorching heat. For the lamb in the midst of the throne will be their shepherd, and he will guide them to springs of living water. And God will wipe away every tear from their eye. This is the word of the Lord. In the name... Of Jesus. Amen. In our epistle reading from Revelation this morning, we hear about a very, yes, a very large crowd of people dressed in white standing before the throne and the Lamb of God. It is a huge crowd, too, too big to count. But who exactly is this huge crowd that the Apostle John is referring to? In the book of Revelation, who is standing before the throne of God in glory? The answer, it is a great crowd of victorious people. They are cheering with loud voices with the palms of victory in their hand. But still, this does not answer the question of who specifically is this great crowd? Who exactly are these victorious people? Well, they must be very impressive and strong and successful to be before that throne of God. They must also be very smart and good and holy to be before that throne of God in triumph and victory. You know the kind of people I'm talking about, those who dot all of their I's and cross all of their T's, the kind of people who are the cream of the crop, A-list type people, those who make the starting lineup, 
I'm sure those are the people who are before that throne in victory, those who have impressive resumes, those who have good grades and lots of honors. Now, considering this, maybe you and I, well, maybe we might be with them someday in that large crowd of victory. Yes, perhaps if only we could be good enough and smart enough, if we could get enough people to like us, could we possibly be in that crowd of victory? If only, my friends. But the truth of the matter is this, though. Deep down, you and I, yes, each of us, deep down, we, we know that we do not measure up. In fact, we just confessed it this morning as we all stood together and we confessed here this morning that we are poor, miserable sinners in thought, word, and deed, that we simply do not measure up. Furthermore, we know as North Dakotans that we are not as cool as Californians. We're not as sophisticated as New Englanders. And we certainly are not as rugged as Montanans, even though we try very hard to be. And those Northwesterners, well, we do not have the arts down like they do. To be blunt, when we look at each other here at St. Paul's, we realize we're not the brightest. We're in the best of society. We are not influential in culture. We do not come from high society. We are not high rollers by any means. Bluntly stated, according to the world's standards, you and I are nobodies. And our church here is just a little dot on the map. But let us not get too far ahead of ourselves. We still have not answered the question of who these people are that the Apostle John sees in his vision of heaven. Well, contrary to what we might think, the people in that crowd are people just like you and just like me. The people in John's vision, they are people who have had their share of struggles, their share of failures in life, their shares of pain in this life. Those people before that throne are the people who struggled day by day to just hang on and keep on going with life. They're people whose faith has never really come that easy, that have lived the grind of life, lived the tension of faith, battling that sinful nature. Who are they? Well, among them are those that you have known and loved, friends and family and neighbors. In fact, my friends, we, we, we need to brace ourselves what we're about to hear. Indeed, we need to brace ourselves for what we're about to hear. You see, when the Apostle John, when he sees that vision of people covered in white, in victory before the throne of God, get this, he sees you. He sees your face. Let me repeat that one more time. When the Apostle John, when he sees that vision of, of those grand amount of people standing in white in victory with palms of victory in their hand before the throne of the Lamb in victory, he sees your face because you are among that crowd. But how could he see your face? Yes, how could you and I also be a part of this great victorious crowd of John's vision? You see, dear baptized saints, when you and I need to understand, when we're baptized into Christ, we are a part of the church. 
And we must understand that this vision of, of John the Baptist seeing these saints before the throne of God includes all the believers of the Old Testament as well as the New Testament, as well as all the believers who are still alive on earth and believers who are yet to come, all standing before that throne of God. The large crowd of people standing in victory, cheering, is that great bunch of forgiven sinners from the past and the present and the future whom Christ will gather together at that great eschaton before him. Now keep in mind that John's vision is not some ethereal, fictitious dream, but a glimpse of your future. And so the reality of John's vision means three things for you this day. First, you are part of one church. Each and every one of you are part of one church. And that one church is not St. Paul's Lutheran Church. In other words, St. Paul's Lutheran Church is Christ's church located here in this place at this time. Therefore, as Christ's church located here at 200 East Burdick, you and I are not Lone Ranger Christians. But instead, we are a part of the Lord's church that consists of people from every nation, every tribe, every language, and every generation who find their hope not in themselves, but in the blood of the Lamb, Christ Jesus. Secondly, Christ's church does not consist of perfect people, but forgiven people. Yes, you heard that correctly. Christ's church consists of sinners who are baptized in the name of the Lord, forgiven and covered in the righteous goodness of Jesus, wrapped in Christ like a robe wraps us. You see, this great crowd of Christ's church is made up of men and women and children, elderly, rebels and jerks, greedy executives, churchgoers, thieves, teachers, plumbers, adulterers, IRS agents, nurses, ragamuffins, tight-fisted farmers, millennials, boomers, generation Xers, North Americans, Africans, Asians, you and I, all of us who confess this, God have mercy on me, the sinner. Salvation belongs to our God who is seated on the throne, to the Lamb, Christ Jesus. You, dear friends, are a part of this great multitude because you are one for whom Christ died. You are a part of Christ's church, not because you are perfect, but because you are given the perfect righteousness of Christ. And thirdly, this is profound. You, you have to hear this. When you are given the perfect righteousness of Jesus, well, you are saints. Yes, you are saints because of Jesus. You see, dear friends, we must disregard all of that nonsense of becoming a saint through heroic virtue or miracles or an exceptional degree of holiness or likeness to God. You see, your thoughts and your words and your deeds do not and cannot make you a saint. Jesus makes you a saint. Yes, Jesus makes you a saint by plunging you into his death and resurrection through your baptism. In your baptism, you are united, you are united with his death and resurrection, declaring and making you a saint. 
Being a saint is, is never a human achievement. It is always a divine gift. When you are called out of the darkness and into the light through your baptisms, you were clothed in Jesus' holiness and thus declared a saint for Christ's sake. Now this is why I call you baptized saints every single Sunday from this pulpit. Because you are. Get that? Because you are. I call you baptized saints not because of your piety, not because of your singing, not because of your works or your accomplishments, but because you are people for whom Christ died and were indeed baptized into that death and resurrection. You see, I am beholding before me a small section of that great victorious crowd that John sees in his vision. When I look at you and I see you, I am in the presence of the Lord's blood-bought, baptized, precious saints located right here at St. Paul's Lutheran Church at this time. And so the good news of this gospel, dear baptized saints, is that for Christ's sake, you are saints. And so we live this Christian life with our tilted halos. We live this life with our scars and our scuffed-up spiritual resumes knowing that we are not only washed clean in the blood of Christ to be as saints, but that we also are not alone. You see, Christ, he will never leave you as baptized saints. He will never forsake you. But we must also hear that you are a part of his church. And as a part of his church, you are a part of a mega church, if you will. You stand with the saints of the past and the present and the future from all parts of the world, which gives you courage and strength to go on and muddle through this life, knowing that in the end that our God will take all of us together out of this veil of tears unto himself. God be praised. And with that great multitude, there will be no more hunger, my friends, no more thirst, No more scorching heat. Complete salvation from sin. Complete salvation from death. Complete salvation from damnation. And every last of your tears will be wiped away forever. You are blood-bought, baptized saints. That is who you are because of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Amen. strong word bespeaks us righteous bright with thine own holiness thank you for listening to today's podcast sermon you can access a full manuscript of today's sermon from pastor matthew richard's blog at www.pastormatrichard.org or visit saint paul's website at www.stpaulsminot.org The Lord bless and keep you.